Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starfire 59 retrospective. My name is Samuel, and I'm about as cool as a, and as smooth as a knuckle to the jaw. And I'm Aaron, but I'll be your Chinkus Shaka Khan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome, guys. And about that intro, I'm sure some of you might know what we're reviewing tonight. But for those who don't know, Sam, what are we talking about tonight? We have the second Neon Horse Project and the, um, you know, the second in the trilogy, I, I can only hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> Haunted Horse, Songs of Love, Defiance, and Illusion. Great title. <laughs> so great. Um, this is the second Neon Horse Project, which... No official credits, um, but we obviously know Mark Solomon and Jason Martin are involved. And Stephen Dale, Stephen Dale played. So for, for, from what we can, from our research, exhaustive research, Jason, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, Mark Solomon vocals, Jason Martin did everything else except for bass um, that Stephen Dale did. And I, there, I bet you, like, Trey Maney played some drums on this. Like, I'd and, be surprised. And, Frank, and Franklin's probably is involved, but. We don't know that, so, but probably. And this was released in 2009, and this is second, as of right now, the last Dion Horse album. Yeah, so, um, it's, um, I'm gonna kind of lead with this, because when we, when we interviewed Mark Solomon, he said, me and Jason got together and said we wanted to make, form a Christian rock band. And we very specifically wanted it to be a Christian rock band. I feel like in this album, they make good on that promise in, like, the most bizarre, amazing way possible. Um, so, online, when you look at these lyrics, I don't, apparently they're not in the booklet, but online, if you look at these lyrics, every lyric at the bottom will have a Bible verse, and it'll say, parallels this Bible verse. Um, and they all line up really nicely, so it's, it's fascinating. And you said bizarre, I think you meant creative. <laughs> That's the word you meant. Because, uh, like, like normally when you think Christian, like, rock albums, like, this pretty, lyrically, it's pretty explicit. You don't really have to look into it. Whereas these lyrics, some of them are more clear, but there's some thinking that needs to be involved to decipher that. I appreciate that because I think if God, the creator, if this is music represent him, it should challenge you like he challenges us in daily life. And so I, I, I don't like lazy lyrics. And for mm -hmm. that, he gave us old Uncle Norman. Oh, God bless Uncle Norman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you ready, to, you ready to ride this crazy horse? Yeah. Um. So, Sam, what, what? tell me your background with this music, this album. You know, how'd you find out about it, all that? So, um, I knew about the first, you know, um, I knew about the first Neon Horse album. In fact, I even bought it. I, I went over this when we reviewed the first album. I uh, bought it at a half price books. Thought it was crazy, weird, loved it. I never got to the second one. This is like the first, I mean, I listened to it off and on, but this is like the first time I've like actually listened, listened to it. And uh, yeah, it's exactly everything I want a sequel to Neon Horse to be. Nice. Um, well, I'm kind of like with you, Sam, um, when we reviewed the first Neon Horse album, I never, I had never listened to this. I knew it existed, but for whatever reason, I 
just never got it. So after that review that we did with Mark Solomon, the review of that one. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. I look online to find this. There was none available. And then, I don't know, like a month or so after that, I saw a copy online available for way too much money, and I bought it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because it has the lyrics, and I don't have to look them up, and I know exactly what they say. And it's and so for the last month and change, I've been listening to this a lot, and I love it. Um, just spoiler alerts, I like this one way better than the first one, but it is a crazy train that we're going to be riding. Um, I guess we want to talk about the packaging CD, Sam, you want to do that? Um, I mean, I don't have a physical copy, so all I can really speak to is the cover. Um, on the cover, we once again see Norman Horse, uh, minus the other Neon Horse members. Um, at least I assume that guy is Norman. It would make sense. And uh, he's laying in a coffin, a bunch of random ghosts coming out. Um, and, you know, much like the first album dealt a lot with the consequences of sin, this album, yes. once again, follows in line with a lot of the consequences of sin. So I think um, <clears throat> you could definitely interpret the, if you want to go too deep in the cover, which, you know, I think it was designed by Invisible Creatures, Ryan Clark, they probably did not think about it this hard. They're just like, oh, yeah, let's put another Neon Horse album together. But if you want to look into the cover art, you could, you know, say, well, all these uh, all these ghosts are the sins of his past. And, you know, the cons- what's the um, consequences of sin? Death. He's laying in a coffin. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the cover, you know, I reckon you can see the cover art, whatever media you play it on. Um, I think they're could be fetus ghosts. They kind of look like, look, they have umbilical cords that connect to the coffin. So maybe the sins of the father are passed on to the second and third generation is what I took from that. So who knows? Um, but in the booklet comes with the words, song titles in red um, type lyrics are in black. There's a centerpiece with a cool um, picture of the heads of the three members in this band, the, the horse family. That should be a poster. Sure, it looks really cool. And then, you know, they had a list of lyrics on the back. It's pretty much what's on the back of the CD case, just the, the um, name of the album with the more of those ghosts circling it. It's a clear gate, clear jewel case. And at the in the back of it, you can take the CD out. It's a closed coffin. And, um, and the CD itself just has some red writing on it and the silver this so that's not what that looks like for those who don't have a copy because apparently they don't exist online <laughs> well i think so. this album never sold like great um sadly which yeah. which is, is a shame it's a shame this album to this specific songs i'm gonna pick out until why it's a shame but anyway anything else sam before we get into this the track by track review um I really want like a neon horse like YouTube shorts. Um, I think Invisible Creatures should get on that. Just lock Mark Solomon in a, in a recording studio for eight hours, get a whole bunch of vocal performances of him voicing the characters. Because you know he has like three voices he used. That's, there's your three members. And uh, yeah, just make some shorts. I think that. Oh, one last thing on the cover, too. I don't know if people have, I'm sure you've noticed it, but didn't really think about it. But on the front cover, on the R in Yarn Horse, there's a little ye- yellow bird on there. 
which I'm um, like you're saying, invisible creatures. Maybe they were thinking this deeply about it, but you know, with the sins of death, there's always resurrection in life. And, you know, the yellow bird, you know, representing life and hope is there too. So I just want to point that out. Yeah. Kudos, invisible creatures. Like they just. This yeah. may be some of the best cover art we've seen it for a Jason Martin project yet. Uh, okay. I don't know. Um, um, I mean, okay, let me let me rephrase that. The best from them, no, from them, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant the overall, best yeah. Creatures. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. Let's hit this. Um, we're going to start right off with when Daddy gets home. Title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a subject. Okay, go ahead. You want to go first, Sam? I got this. All right. Okay. So right off the bat, we get some Dial M S guitars and synths. Like this is very. You can tell this is right after he made Dial M. I think. Um, so many of the songs have that vibe, very new wave inspired, but you still have that signature neon horse goth rock. Um, ugh, I love that neon horse goth rock. It's so good. Um, Mark Solomon once again, he's doing that nifty multiple voices trick. Um. And on this track in particular, this is why I mentioned three voices. Like, he sounds like he's cycling between three voices. And he had he had to do multi-takes. Like, there's no way he did this all in one take. As Absolutely. many voices as he's cycling through and everything. But it's it's really a cool trick. Like, I was actually reading the Jesus Freak Hideout review for this album today. And in it, because this was still back in, you know, 2008, nine, the guy reviewing it is like, yeah, you can tell it's Mark Solomon singing most of the tracks. But there's another guy singing there, too. I'm not sure who and he even like takes over for whole entire tracks <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah so i think um these lyrics drive home the christian themes even more in the last album like um yeah when uh this is the album where they deliver on um mark solomon talked about they were a christian rock band and this album delivers on that um so you can act like you're in charge all day, but at the end of the day, it's still God who has the final say, right? That's the whole entire point of these lyrics. And it honestly reminds me a bit of like a Jason Martin's, um, what was the, the French song? Uh, La, La Vanquer? La yeah. Vanquer? Yeah. Reminds me a bit of that though. So yeah, great opener, um, really nifty song. Well, this song contains contains the lyric that I think in the whole Martin verse, this has to be the greatest lyric. I'll be your Chinggis Shaka Khan. <laughs> and I'm glad I said Chinggis because a lot of Anglo-Saxon descendants call him Genghis, but it's Chinggis. So we got Chinggis Khan and then Shaka Khan. Shaka, who was a Sulu warrior, and then also Shaka Khan, the singer who collab with Prince a lot, so love that reference there <laughs> to the Prince verse. Um, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how he came up with that, but brilliant. Um, to me, it's different. Uh, I, I took this as a, like a domestic violence song. Like when Daddy comes home, y'all can all pretend like everything's good and that there's not a problem here, but when Daddy comes home, he's going to be the Diane Juan. He's going to be the rascal returned as a king. He's just going to be the person that's going to be disrupting the order in the house. That's how I took it. So, Again, arts, you know, up to interpretation, and that's what makes it great. Um, so who knows? Maybe the truth is somewhere in between. 
two seconds into the song and were slapped in the face with that driving, like you said, goth rock um, that is representative of the music on this album, along with the over-the-top, or I might even say Looney Tunes, Bananas Crazy vocalizations by Norman Horse himself, Mark Solomon. And um, He's not even saying where she's just making sounds, and it's you're like, whoa, what is this? And I love it. It's like, okay, we're, we're in for something on this. Um, this sounds like a playfully menacing song, because like I said, to me, I took it as a domestic violence song, but it's kind of playful with the lyrics and stuff, and, but the music is very menacing, and the subject matter, if you take it from a domestic violence point of view, is also menacing. Um, I, and, and I hear what you're saying about the cycling vocals, so I won't go into that. You said it already. Um, doing the course, courses in the song, there's like this fuzzy effect that comes in um, that takes the weirdness in the song to another level in all the right in all the right ways. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like okay, I don't know how to do stars on this album, but this is my second favorite song on this album. Uh, I'm gonna go like three and a half song, three and a half stars on this. But yeah, my second favorite song on this album. I would say this might be my third favorite. Okay, all right, sounds good. Okay, so far we're off to a good start. I might not have to bless your heart this episode, Sam. And we'll see how it goes. All right, tell me about Strange Town. Strange Town. Strange Town. <laughs> um. If you take off um, Norman Solomon's vocals um, off this song, this could sound, this is like one of two songs that to me sounds like a Starfire 59 song, and th this is one for sure. Um, I love how doing the chorus, um, like you were saying in the first song, he like cycles through the vocals. I like how like doing the vocals here, it sounds like, it makes it sound like he's duetting with himself. With the, and it does sound like two different people, but it's a, you know, it sounds great. Um, let's see. Um, I like the so the two voices. There's one that sounds like he's like in, engulfed, swallowed like a, a ton of helium. <laughs> the, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Sam. It's I a, mean, he there's two I know. This is like the doo doo. Yeah. Um, that's like kind of like his uh, easily one. That one, the more of that one. That one I think is his actual. That's what I call the Norman persona, and I'll I'll point it out in a later song. I think you're right, and but I I really enjoyed that sound. Um, at um at two minutes and three seconds, we get the first um guitar solo on the album from Jason. Because in the first song, it's not really solos. He's playing guitars, but that, I don't, unless I missed it, I didn't really hear solos. He just plays through it. Um, it's dope. It's classic Jason. Um, my sixth favorite song of the ten songs in this album. Um, it doesn't mean it's bad, but yeah, this is three stars for me. Okay, this is my uh, second oh, favorite track. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this is my second favorite track here. Um, I think I like it because of the lyrics. Um, <clears throat> and this is pointed out in the those Bible verses I mentioned pull, pulling up online. But um, this song is just a variation on the prodigal son story. Um. And I like that. Okay, Prodigal Son is a very common um, story to draw songs from. There's probably five hundred, a thousand Prodigal Son stories songs in Christian music alone. However, I like that this one focuses on the very specific point when the boys probably sitting in the pig pen, you know, um, which. You know, sitting in pig poop, tempted to eat their 
pig food and uh, saying, you know, how much this sucks. Um, I just, I love it. It just, it works so well as like a distorted look at a popular Bible story. Um, guitar is once again grooving here. Um, just, it's a really nice groove. This song, you're right. This sounds the most normal. Um, this, this honestly could fit like an alternative rock radio circa 2009. It would have fit right in. It's a shame. I think it was the single. At least it's the one that got a music video. Um, but this this should have been like the the breakout hit from this album. <laughs> I, I love it. It's just it's so good. Um, I, I mainly love the lyrics, but the you know how how can you ever be mad when Jason's playing guitar? Like it's just, it's really hard. Yeah, and um, I, I there's a couple other songs that we haven't got to that I think should have been singles, but yeah, this would you're right, it would have definitely fit right on Modern Rock Radio. And I, in my review, I forgot to mention the lyrics, so um, there's a line in here that I really like. Mark sings, "How can you be found if no one knows you're in if no one knows you in a strange town?" And so I don't know, like. And I hear about the prodigal son and everything too, but I, I'm actually like I'm torn. I don't know if this is a cautionary tale about you know living in a world on your own, a la Red Little Red Riding Hood style. Like you know, here you are as a Christian person going around the world. Beware, there's danger around you. You know, or if this is just a song about self discovery, because if you you know if you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to discover yourself, and you go to it to people who don't know you, how do you know you're going to be found? Because they don't know you're there. And even if they know you're there, do they know you? So it's, I think it's just like, that's what happens, whether we leave for college, the military, Peace Corps. Once we leave our house, make a living on our own, we're going to be surrounded by people who don't know us. And it's just, it's going to be, not, not, I mean, not literally a strange town, but your environment, you're outside of your home, away from your parents. So it's, it's, it's a metaphorical strange town. And so I see it both ways. I didn't get particle sun, though, until you said it. But then again, I didn't have those Bible verses to give me a hint either, too. So, But that's how I took it. Fair enough. All right. Um, let's talk about your busy little beehive. Your Y-E-R. Your busy little beehive. Um, those synths are awesome. Like, they're like these analog synths ran through a distortion pedal. I don't know if that's what's really happening. But that's what it sounds like. I love it. Um, this is definitely Martin... Uh- Post style in. Um, I like that this is where I call out um, this voice that he uses for most of this song is the voice that when we were talking to Mark, he's like, oh yeah, that, that's the Norman Horse voice. He kind of sounds like he's just crawled out of a whiskey barrel. Yeah. That's the voice he uses this whole entire song. And I love it. it it feels like the song that's all about the lust of sin, you know, mm-hmm. and how that, that draws you away. And, um, you know, also I think there's a little bit about getting stuck inside your own head there. It just yeah. seems like it, it's it's perfectly suited coming out of the, the mouth of Uncle Norman. And I love it. <laughs> so not as much to say about this one, but it's still a great track. Uh, and, and I don't know if we made it clear, but I don't know if you heard the other podcast, but Norman Horse is in the is notated in the lyric book as the singer, um, but Norman Horse is Mark Solomon. I'm not sure if we made that express, 
specifically clear, so just to clear that up, we'll be referring to him in variations of Norman Horse throughout, so just to keep up. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the way I look at it, like, Norman Horse is a character that Mark mm-hmm. Salt plays. Yes, exactly. Like, that's exactly how it is in my head. Just, you know, just like peep actors going into movies. Instead of playing it on TV, he's playing it in a music studio. Yes, exactly. Um, so I agree with you. This is this song's lyrically about the tempta- the temptation of sin and how it literally lead you off uh, of a cliff, as it says in the lyrics. But the the be- <laughs> the beginning of the sound, how 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 that Mark does is just like, I love that vocal intro. It's just <laughs> so crazy, amazing. Um, I call, this song sounds like Dark Flyer, Dark Wave 59, or Dark Flyer 59, as I say, as I, or you could also say. This is classic Dark Wave. You can definitely hear Jason's Joy Division influences here with his signature guitar tones throughout this song. Um, this is a fun song, and it should have, it should have been a single. It, it could have been a hit. I mean, you could play that on the radio now in alternative, um, alternative rock, um, stations and, Probably get a lot of airplay and a little tra- a lot of traction. This is my fourth favorite song on this album. Um, also, um, three stars for this one. All right, fair enough. All right, tell us about Follow the Man. Okay, and I mean there, it has to happen on every album. There has to be the number of the last, in this case, number ten. This is my t- tenth favorite song on the album. Which doesn't mean it's bad, it just means there's more crazy weirdness than this, and that's what you want from the young horses. <laughs> um, at um, 1 minute 41 second, um, there's this breakdown where it, the music pretty much goes away, and Mark Salmon kind of like speaks, kind of sings, but mostly speaks. And it's my favorite vocal performance by him on this album. Um, the music follows the formula of the first two songs, but has enough in it to make it stand out. I like the repetitive note played on the keyboard or synth, uh, probably synth, doing the outro. It's really good. Um, don't have a lot to say about this, except it's two and a half stars. And lyrically, it sounds like the narrator is asking a sex worker if they want to continue with that life or follow Christ. Um, the lyrics are specific enough to get that message across um, without being heavy handed. And, um, and I do love the line. Um, do you have a favorite, John? You know, and I'm sure the Bible verse that Sam is going to share that proud or mention that um, goes with this song is referencing the when Jesus talks to, you know, Mary, the pro- the sex worker, um, because, you know, it's a double entendre there. Your favorite, John, because, you know, sex workers have their favorite John customer and then John had his favorite John. So, um, that kind of, <laughs> I love it. And I think of the last temptation of Christ when I hear that, because if you remember how that movie starts, um, Jesus in the line for something very particular. Um, yeah, that's what I say about this song. What do you think, Sam? Um, so between the guitars and the organ on this song, this song feels almost like Americana. I'm not getting some Americana vibes from this. Um, so that's kind of cool to pull all the way back from that album. I can hear that. Could have been an outtake. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I don't know. I get the feeling. I have no evidence of this anywhere. I feel like Jason just like, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night, has a guitar riff in his head, records it, 
go back, goes back to sleep. And he has this room just filled with guitar riffs that he's just saving for whenever they come in handy. <laughs> that's that's my that, personal that, theory. That's true, because that's what Prince did. He would come up with these music pieces, and he would just put them away in his vault, his famous vault now, and then he would just pull them out and, like, he, some songs, he had to have a riff or some vocal performance from like 1981 that he would slap on a song from 2007. You know? <laughs> so you you might be right. <laughs> um, lyrically, the Bible verse given for this one in the online lyrics is um, the verse about serving God and mammon. You know, you can't serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. Which, mm. uh, materialism is... There, I'm gonna hit it on a later song, but materialism is hit pretty hard in this album. I appreciate that. Um, I uh, am pretty anti-materialistic. It's a, I don't care if you're Christian or not. I think it's just a pretty poor choice in lifestyle, <laughs> personally. Um, but like you said, I think this applies much better to the woman at the well, personally. Um, you know, Jesus meets the woman at the well. She has like five husbands, and the one she's with isn't her own. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then absolutely there's a line in there. Um, do you miss the, what was it? Do you miss the pure water or something to that effect? Let me find it really quick. Um, uh, the, the living water. Yeah. Do you, do you miss the living water? We know that. <laughs> so I, just, I don't know. I just, I think it flows much better with that story than just the God versus Mammon, but I agree. But it also, I mean, he's talking specifically about the materialism and the lust and the flesh and the pride of life, which is based in materialism. So it fits still. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to number five. Some folks, um, Dak Basto, Stephen Dale <laughs> is shining in the songs. <laughs> Like, I feel like we've listened to enough Starfire. Like, you can't mistake that bass for anyone but Stephen Dale. True. Um, it is mm, some nice bass work here. Still get, like, the groovy gothic sounds. Um, this is kind of the problem I ran into with the last Neon Horse album, and I feel like this album is a bit more, it does it even more, where some of the songs do blend together a bit, especially near the middle. Um, and I, I don't know if I blame them, like, they were going for a very specific sound, you know, so it's, it's like getting mad at a death metal band for still playing heavy riffs, like, you're getting what you're paying for here, but even so, um, I, uh, I like that the the lyrics, <laughs> um, some people, you know, say it's the end of the world, some people say tomorrow's bright. They do a lot of talking and don't say much at all. I love that line so much. It's, still not, it's not better than I'll be your Chinggis Shaka Khan. It's such a great line. It is. Um, and the, the verse that was specifically pointed out on this one was Job's friends, where God rebukes them for yeah. basically wasting Job's time. <laughs> I love that because it's like it's that, not a part of Job that's talked about a lot. That is, that is really funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, just continues continues the really good streak we're having here. Um, I feel like the music is starting to blend a little bit at this point. But, you know, still pretty good. What do you got? 
Um, I kind of think a little differently. I think this sounds different than what was coming. We finally get to slow down a bit. Like those first four songs, they're, I mean, I mean, they come in, those four, first four songs come in hard and heavy. They come in hard and fast. Um, and like this song, I feel like it slows down a couple octaves. You can just catch your breath and chill. And this isn't the best bass line by Steven Dillon's sound, but I'm with you. It is very tight. I really like it. That bass is banging in this. So, yes. Um, and, and I love how the intro features the bass. It's, it's amazing. Um, once again, um, the vocal duet thing that I mentioned earlier happens here. Um, and I, and I, it, it, throughout the album, not just here, but I, I appreciate that he uses different vocal deliveries. Um, and like sometimes he does, like in here, he does um, different vocals, um, deliveries in the verses versus chorus. And, and then, but throughout the album, sometimes it'd be like different ver- voices in the verses, different choruses, and, um, and whatever. It's different combinations. And I think that's really cool because it does, and we'll, I think the next song actually, it does, time, the music does kind of start sounding samey, but given you doing all these different vocal performances, I think keeps it so different enough because if it was just like the same like you know like jason basically sings in the same vocal range when he performs if he was doing the vocals in this it would have sounded way more sing samey than with um mark solomon doing all these different voices so i you know i really appreciate that um let's see at the 54 second mark to one minute 10 seconds we get in a great example of why this album works so well you get this little this uh, um, great synth solo by jason i'm assuming with mark's unorthodox vocal delivery and of course mr dale just just, just straight abusing the bass <laughs> um and i think i um i don't i think um on mark solomon if i remember correctly when we interviewed him, he said that he when he approached this um, project, he wanted to do something different, whatever. And it kind of reminds me of Anthony Kiedis from the Rat Chili Peppers. He's been said before in interviews when he started saying he didn't really consider himself as an artist. So he didn't feel like he was like um, beholden to certain um, rules and um, parameters that as a singer, you had to do this. So it kind of freed him up to try, which a lot of people, I know it seems kind of cliche now, but when they started, uh, the Chili Peppers started back in 1983, there wasn't a lot of rap rock bands that did that. They were doing that since 83. If I remember correctly, they might be one of the first, if not the first to do that, but definitely the first commercially successful one. And so he was like, yeah, not having that on me as a rock performer, I felt like I could try that. And I feel like Mark probably had the same approach. Like, you know, like, I know vocally you're not supposed to do these things, but you know what? I'm just going to try something different. And so it really works. And I'm glad that he did it. Um, but yeah, um, lyrically, this song talks, like you were saying, um, <laughs> people, some people claim to know the future, but no one does. Some see the end. Um, and it's so interesting, like throughout the history, like even back in Mesopotamia, we have rights, people predicted into the world. Like there's always people that the, the, the end is near, the end is near, it's happening, it's happening. And here we are, like, tens of thousand years later and we're still trucking along and um then there's some people who think things are fine and like you're saying we're all talking to talking about who knows like as christians like um or you know any religious faith uh, muslims jews you know hindus whatever we we all think we know the future and no one does and we and we're so um defiant songs of defiance that we're so defiant 
that we know is going to happen. Oh, there's going to be this plague and, you know, revelation is going to come. We don't know any of this. We're all just guessing. And that's what I took from this song. And this is my fifth favorite song. I have to be fifth song. And it's also three stars. Um, the, oh, yeah. And the vocal outro, the vocals and the outro during the song are phenomenal. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Tell me about the next one. No, you. I'm just playing. <laughs> Sixth song, my seventh favorite on this um, album. Haven't sinned in years. Quest, I mean, exclamation point. I think that exclamation point is important. <laughs> we pick up the pace again here with this song. Um, sounds like if Franz Ferdinand collaborated with Depeche Mode. Um, I like the relenting drums and the way the drum repeats the same beat through the verses. It adds to the urgency, um, the, the earnesty, not urgency, earnest, earnestness of the song. Um, lyrically, the song is about how, you know, you can try to be king of your life. Um, but ultimately, you will discover that Jesus is the real king and you'll be dethroned. You will be a dethroned king. Um, also, um, this is about a third star song for me as well. What you got, Sammy? Uh, this might be like my sec. Yeah, this might be one of my favorites. I don't know. There's there's a couple mm-hmm. I like a lot, but this might be my top five. Um, I love the carnival barker kind of thing he does at the beginning, where he's just like he's not even really singing, he's just yelling, and I love it. Like, I I would just take a whole entire album just Norman like a prophet or like a um, revivalist, like a southern evangelist on a, at a revival. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Um, he just kind of does that shouting during verses. And I just, I think that's just such a cool vocal delivery. Granted, other bands do that. Like Me Without You does it. But it just works here. It just sounds different. I've uh, never heard one Me Without You song in my life. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty good. You'd probably like them. They're weird. So you would like them. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitar parts is reminding me a bit of, this album just keeps reminding me of other Starfire projects. Um, it's reminding me a bit of Enemy Ship. Yeah, yeah. And the vibes I'm getting here. Yeah. Um, the Bible verse given here was Luke 19:26-27, which is about the the person who hid away his hid away his talents, and the master came home and was you know demanded his talents be stolen and he'd be put in prison and punished. For not using his talents he was given. Um, I'm not quite seeing the connection in this song. I'm not either. I, I think it works better like you were saying. You know, people trying to just build themselves up as I'm the king of my own world. Look what, you know, I, I especially like the line, I kill, I am knock the watchman out. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the only moral authority. No one else matters. I went and turned the the vineyard with blood red and uh and then and then you know he, he has the whole entire part that's the punchline of the song hey norman yeah. you ever sinned yeah yeah <laughs> sinning yes <laughs> <laughs> and you know there's some people that you can look at them and be like dude your life is a mess like you know, you're you're stealing from the poor. You're 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 destroying moral authority in your life. 
Oh, it's, I haven't sinned in years. Your grandmother to buy us some drugs. You're, you're not there for your kids. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and that's his. And to me, this is like Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. Like, here's this king. He's exalted. He thinks he has all this power. And then he's due to his own pride. He ends up wandering like an animal, digging in the fields, you know, and it's just like. That's what we when you get so arrogant when you think that and I think that having sinned in years what that means is saying that you feel like that you're you're good you don't need to change that you you got it together and by doing that you're gonna hurt people if you're not humble and empathetic enough to hear people you're gonna hurt people and and you're gonna think yeah I haven't sinned in years because I'm I'm good I'm not hurting anybody and I think that's overall what the song's about dig it. It's a very creative way to. It's a very creative way, and again, like I'm saying, this is how this is a Christian rock band. They're preaching the gospel without beating you over the head with it, because you can take this as just like a Game of Thrones song too. Like if you listen to the lyrics, like this old king or the old king, the old what's it, old gods or something like that. In the the song. Old old kings left their crowns with the young yeah, man. Exactly. Like this could be a Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones. Like so you could just read it as like a fantasy story too as well, which is amazing. Because, and that's, again, that's what good art does. <laughs> I'm loving it. All right. Yeah. Tell me about cellophone. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay. Okay. Before I get to cellophone, let me just, okay. You mentioned some of the titles. Look, artists out there, if you need titles for your songs, please hit up my man, Mark Solomon. He knows how to pick a title for a song. I mean, you're busy little B.I.s. When daddy gets home and your cell phone, I love the way he sings that in the song. My cell phone. (laughs) What a sludgy, crunchy, just dirty, filthy, rocking intro. So good. At the 42-second mark, the drums kick it up another notch. Um, the cymbal sound throughout um, is a nice touch. Uh, then there's there's background vocals. Then, and if you listen, there's like a like a third voice in the background um, that sounds like it's screaming. It sounds like a ghost dying, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, at two minutes, 16 seconds, to two minutes and 30 seconds, Jason slides in with some masterful guitar work. Um... This is my ninth favorite song, um, Two and a Half Stars. Um, <laughs> the lyric from this, She be do another fool thinks she's mighty king bing dong. Um, I know we, we try not to be political, but that reminds me of Donald Trump. <laughs> Some of the things he said, like, when I hear this song, I just think, oh, Donald Trump made a song. This is amazing. Um, but I think that this song, lyrically, is a song about people misinterpreting situations. Like, I'd be interested to see what Bible verse was chosen. But it, it sounds like, you know, like, you think that you're running things. Again, kind of like the um, last one, um, haven't seen the years. You think you're running your life. You think you're the CEO that's accomplishing things. And, like, you hear people, like, you know, you see them on social media, oh, I'm grinding, man, I'm making this money. I'm like, calm down, you work at Walmart. Not anything wrong with that, but, I mean, like, you're not hustling, you're working, you know, let's relax, you know. And I think that's what this song's about. But, what do you think, Sam? Uh, you're close. You know what one of this song is about? What? Um, the unruliness of the tongue, how nothing can be, um, anything can be tamed, but your tongue will never be tamed. It is the most unruly of all creatures. Mm. Um, for object A, look at the great verse. 
about as cool and as smooth as a knuckle to the jaw. Shooby doo, another fool thinks he's a mighty Kong. Bing bong. <laughs> like a rhino, and I love this line. Like a rhino dancing tangos in the Taj Mahal. <laughs> Your mouth is moving on all I hear is blah blah bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> now. <laughs> Did Donald Trump write a song? <laughs> Dude, if we could just, like, tame the tongue, though, because that's, that's, okay, even as someone who, like, feels like I have my life together and I try to say the right things and think before I speak, there are some days my mouth just gets going, and I'm like, I say stupid stuff, and I'm like, why did I just, I am a rhino trying to tango in the Taj Mahal. That That's me talking right now. That was the, the like, the, if it wasn't for the Sh- Sh- Shaka Khan um, line, that was going to be mine. But that other uh, was just too good. <laughs> but yeah, that's my second favorite lyric of this song. It's, just, it's so visual. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I like that one. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing that? That would be amazing. <laughs> he's, um, he's a, he could paint a picture for sure. Anyway, go ahead. Um, this song, almost slinky sounding at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super busy, which I love, because, like, it, okay, I've talked about it before, I love it when music reflects lyrics, and here we have a song all about, you know, your to- tongue just talking away and wrecking havoc in your life, right, because yeah. you won't shut up, and the song is just, like, super busy and super dense sounding, like, everything's clashing yeah. together at one time, mm-hmm. like, not, everything is mixed all in the middle, Oh, I love it. Just reflects that idea so well. Um, mm. This song also, because of the way it's mixed, gives me like early REM vibes. Hmm. I can even like hear Michael Stipe with some of these lyrics. It just sounds like something he might do. It's just as nonsensical. <laughs> yeah, right. No, like <laughs> no, no, these songs make too too much sense to the first like four four or five REM songs. Like that stuff is like. Freaking makes Jason cryptic lyrics look <laughs> like a recipe, like so clear. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so the more you listen to the song and like listen to all the the kind of references to your tongue, the better it gets because it's like one big pun line. Yeah, and it's it's great. Punch so, line, might even say. So many in this album, I love it, man. It's very funny. So cute. It's a very funny album. It is like it's <laughs> it's dark humor done correctly. It's like, it's like Weird Al, but more menacing. <laughs> anyway, this is Weird Al's edgy edge lord younger brother, Norman. <laughs> Love it. Um, chain gang bang bang. <laughs> This right. song is sponsored by Limoncello by LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> unofficial. Unofficial. Unofficially, yeah. Unofficially. Um, you want to go uh, first or you want me to go? I want to do this one first because I really like this one. Okay. Uh, a song, once again, about living in the slavery of sin. Like, very obviously. Like, <laughs> the lyrics... Just do one, please hold. The lyrics in this, like, I'm loving the lyrics in this album. Yeah. Ever got to come along? We're jumping off a cliff. It's only kind of fun. That's why we brought the whip. 
it's funny, but tragically sad because yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. You continue. <laughs> like when you're living a self-destructive lifestyle. Oh, it's only kind of. That's why we brought the whip. Oh man. Um. And then you just um. Everybody sing along while we crack the whip. Chang gang, chang gang, feed the choo choo. Yeah. Oh, um, great acoustic guitar work on the chorus. You wouldn't expect the acoustic guitar to pop up in the song because it's so like heavy and driving. But yeah. there's totally on the chorus this great acoustic guitar just like running the line. Okay. I love that's it. Yeah. I'm okay. That's what that was. Okay. Um. And I just keep thinking of, and I'm sure this was the intention, Pleasure Island from Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, the kids that get turned into donkeys, which the older you get, the more terrifying that movie is. <laughs> you think about that. You're like, messed up. You're right. Uh, there's the, the big old guy, you know, running all these donkey boys to selling them into slavery or whatever with a whip. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the vibe I get from this. So, great. I I don't know. This this might be my number one. I don't know. It's between this and the last one. We'll get to it. Oh, Sam. I love you, too. You know, let's just take a moment to just acknowledge how wonderful of a job Sam is doing with this view tonight. You are are crushing it tonight, Sam. I'm really proud of you. My little Sam is growing up to be a man. I'm so proud of you. Because this is the best song on the album. <laughs> and when I first got this, because I didn't, like, I knew it was out there. I didn't even really look at the track list. I just, you know, got it off E-Day. And so I get in the mail, I open, and I look at the song titles. And I was like, I'm going through, and I see. And I see Ch- Chain Gang Bang Bang. I'm like, that's going to be my favorite song. That's such an amazing title. I'm like, what? And then in my head, I was like, did he, did he say gangbang? Oh, oh no. Ch- bang, gangbang. I was like, oh, wait, what? I'm like, okay, I can't wait. So I put it there. Like, I can't wait to get to the song. And the anticipation, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, all right, we're coming up. And it comes on. And I'm just like, this is the bop of the album. Like, you know, you, I danced with my kids to this couple of times. I mean, this is a, just when I thought Norm, Uncle Norman's vocals couldn't get any weirder. This song happens. <laughs> this song is bananas. Um, this, um, as far as guitar work goes, this is Jason's best guitar work for sure. And I was wondering what that was um, in the chorus, like you were saying, acoustic guitar. I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Yeah, I think you're right. But, well, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sure you're right. But, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I love how, like, this. You're, you're absolutely right about the whole how sin, you know, puts you into slavery. And but the life of a chain gang gets turned into an indie rock dance song. How do you do this? <laughs> like, and that line that you mentioned uh, about every um, everyone coming along, we're jumping off a cliff. It's only, it's only kind of fun. That's why we bought the whip. And so that's how it starts off. Like because like when you start living a destructive life, when you go down that path, you know at some point like you like I mentioned earlier, you know like you know I need I need drug money. Okay, I need, but what am I going to do to steal this from my nephew, my grandmother, my mom, my wife, or whoever, so I can sell this to get drugs? And then that that withdrawal, that the shame, the guilt, whatever, just whips you and you jump off that cliff. 
and it's just a perfect line that describes that mindset of how do you get there and yeah you know that whip of all those shameful feelings will just you know make you jump off a cliff and it's and I love the contrast of that because that's a heavy and that's such a dark concept you know but then the music is so danceable it's fun it's the best song on this album four stars Sam you know this is your favorite song Stop, don't stop messing around. Oh, it's also <laughs> worth noting, we got the line, um, the night is young, the day is long, feed the choo-choo, swing the pick, and shake the bands, tick-tock, cuckoo. So we got the return of the cuckoo from the first album. Yeah, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> and when the G happens, because it's absolutely going to happen, we better have another cuckoo. <laughs> And then and it's kind of ironic. He's kind of a prophet because you add the TikTok into it. There's a lot of sinning and bad stuff that's happened on TikTok. And because of TikTok, not its fault, but I'm just saying it's involved in that whole sin mixture. So I'm sure he didn't know what TikTok was in 2009. <laughs> I don't think it existed in 2009. It didn't. It was even close. Yeah, we had it like a decade before. <laughs> All right, Aaron, tell me about coming up seventh. You got that. So that's how you pronounce it. So you got, because I struggled with that. I was like, come on up. The, I was like, the Vince? Like, and so so listening to the lyrics, I know, obviously, it's a reference to Ka, Ka from um, the Jungle Book. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so you got to come up the sevens. But yeah, so I was confused. So I asked Mark, and he, you're, you're right. He said that's what it is, the sevens. So. Way to go. I guess you're a more of a con aficionado than I am. <laughs> so this is my... I just think favorite. of that, okay, I, it's that? because of meme culture. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like, my name is Steven with a PH, and then it has a little dog in there? Steven. <laughs> That's just what exactly remind me of. All right, all right, cool, 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 all right. I ain't up game, man, I do a lot of memes. I haven't have seen that one. Okay, I'll step up my meme game. Thanks. Challenge accepted. So this is my third favorite song in this album. Um, three and a half stars. This sounds like um, <laughs> Dark Bond Voyage or Bond Dark, <laughs> um, which means good dark. <laughs> um, Mark snarling vocals here. Um, invoke images of a snake, you know, which he's trying to do with Khan. And he's doing the voice as he sings it, the Khan voice. And it, in the lyrics, it spells it like as if Kai was singing them. Um, the synths are the star of the song, though. So spooky. This this should be on everyone's Halloween playlist. It's not going to be on mine. I'm definitely going to make a note to put it up there. Um, one minute, 41 seconds to one minute, 53. It's probably the best part of this album. Steven's bass. This is my uh, this song is my favorite Steven bass song. And um, and that and that little stretch is just amazing. And all the guitar and music mag magic that Jason is doing and Combines with Solomon's inventive vocals, um, that period 141 to 153 just forms this sublime slice of sonic satisfaction. This just like just makes my heart feel so good. Um, lyrically, again, Temptation, which is they mentioned this a couple once or twice on this album. Temptation has a cost. If you can succumb, um, um, I'm sorry, Temptation has a cost. But if you, you know, if you embrace it, you're going to succumb to the negative consequences. And so it invokes like a gambling, you know, coming up sevens, meaning craps, you know, not craps, um, roulette, roulette. 
um, where, you know, you need sevens and elevens to win. And so you just keep, you just, and, and, and I was just talking to my son the other day about something. He was like, well, he was doing something. I was like, well, if you keep doing this, you know, something negative. He said, like, well, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and, and, and eventually it's going to come up sevens, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, you, you can, it can't come up um, sevens all the time, you know, and so just because something's been working, you've been avoiding the consequences of sin. And you're not going to always do that at some point. You're going to lose. So that's what I took. What do you think, Sam? OK, I did not realize this was all just a giant Jungle Book reference. I missed that me. I missed that train completely. <laughs> Yeah. But now all I can think is um, um, the, the snake that that is voiced by Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. Yeah. Trust me. That's all I can think now. <laughs> the jungle suffers no fool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The jungle it's, suffers. It's, no it's my, one of my least favorite Disney films, so you know. It's all right. I saw them. I saw the last movie with Idris Elba in it. It was. It was all right. It was good. <laughs> um, this one gives me Dial M vibes once again. I agree. Um, and okay, the way he delivers the line, "From this by the light of the moon," just just mini like <laughs> it's a hilarious album. It really is. <laughs> like it's the weirdest comedy album ever. Like it's not a comedy album, but the way he delivers everything, and that's the point. I think that's the entire point of Neon Horse. Like. He actually, Mark said this in our first interview. He said, you know, Neon Horse is taking everything and making it wrong. You know, just like sin will take your life and just make everything backwards and weird and wrong on you. Yeah, and and, and it's like life is like life, there's serious things in life. But it's also, there's a lot of silliness, as Ecclesiastes talks about. You know, it's Danny Van chasing after wind. So they do a good job. It's like, yes, you probably should be living for materialism, you probably shouldn't, you know, be destroying, actively destroying other people's life. But at the same time, I mean, life is really, you know, we're, we're all going to die. Like, so, you know, let's have fun too, you know? So it does a good job about, it's a, it's a silly, funny album, but it's talking about serious stuff at the same time. It's like the perfect combination. Um, so honestly, this is probably most, the song I forget the easiest, um, but it's, I, I love the general weirdness vibe. Like it's, because um, I feel like in this album, and I'll talk about this later, but this album, the, the weirdness got lost a little bit. It wasn't as weird as the first one, I feel like. And so I appreciate some of that weirdness creeping back in. All right. Tell me about I Don't Need Anything, Aaron. Oh, my, bless your heart for that last one. You said this is the one you forget, you forget the easiest. It's the third best song in the album, man. God, you were almost there. You were so close. Still love you, Sam. All right, so this is my eighth favorite song. Don't need anything. Um, it's, this sounds the, the lyrically, this sounds like someone is um, having a mental crisis once they realize that the materialism that has been discussed throughout this album, um, once they realize that materialism doesn't buy happiness, and then and at the end. I think I hear like when the music's fading out. I think I hear Mark says, "You don't deserve money," which is very weird thing to say it's like i don't know what that means i mean they're like i could go through so many different things but whatever i just don't get that out there just in case anyone didn't hear um um two and a half stars um let's see here when this this sounds like 
it could have been an outtake of I'm the Portuguese Blues. Um, Dale's bass carries the song. He shines brightly on the song. Um, again, this like my, I mean, his bass is great, but this is probably my second or third favorite performance of bass on this, um, on this album. It's the best part of this album for sure. I mean, of, of this song. Um, the song fits the vibe of the album overall. I like how the background vocals sound like a choir. Um, I really dig that. Those guitar licks, um, from Jason from at the two minute, 10 second mark to the end of the song are to die for. That's why we love Jason. Um, it's just, you know, Jason, you know, he, like you said, you know, he probably just brushes his teeth with a guitar solo. You know, he's probably brushes his teeth with a guitar solo. Now, I'm going to record that later. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say about this song. What do you think, Sam? So, I totally said, I get Portuguese blues vibes from here. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, just, totally do. Um, but, this is one of my favorite Bible verses. Vanity, vanity. Everything is vanity. Um, well, that's from my favorite Bible um, book, um, Ecclesiastes. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite ones from there, too. Yeah, love it. So, um, this song hits materialism square in the nose. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not going to buy your happiness. Sorry. Um, so, I think lyrically, it's the perfect closer. Um, sadly, the music kind of loses me by this point. It's a shame because, like, I don't know. Just I, I like Portuguese blues. I like those power chords, but it just doesn't sound like a closer. For this to be a closer, we either needed something to be like turned up to eleven, weirdness over the top, give me smoke machines, fire, and fireworks. Or we needed, like, a slow acoustic song with, like, just Norman Horse yelling over a campfire. One of the two. <laughs> this one is two in the middle. You know? Hmm. I think it's far because, you know, it fits the vibe, like I said. It's just like, you can't end it on coming up sevens because it's just too cuckoo. Cuckoo, cuckoo. So you just take a middle of a road song to, like, okay, we went crazy. We need a, you just need to come down, like on a roller coaster ride. Like when you come on a roller coaster ride, like you're flipped up, upside down, and then it answers you just slowly meandering back to where you started. Just to, you know, it's like, okay, that was fun. That was a lot. You need some time to come down and relax. And I, that's how I see this song. I think it's a perfect closer. Yeah, favorite person there. So, <laughs> for this final thoughts, um, I said, sit down with Uncle Norman as he gives you his own spin on Sunday school. <laughs> Just come sit down here. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know what though? Your company would have made the cover closer for this song. I mean, it's the perfect closer on Leave Here Strangers, so you don't need it. Um I I do feel like the weirdness is dialed back on this album though. Like musically and I don't hear as much vocal like madness as on the first album. And I feel like we got better lyrics, but some of the musicality was sacrificed for those better lyrics. I don't know. Maybe I think they were definitely going more pop. They were aiming for a more pop direction this album. Um I mean, as pop as they get. So I'm not mad though. Like the lyrics these lyrics are so good. I don't even care. I love these lyrics. 
So, lyrics, I give a solid three. Like, they just knock out of the park. They are everything I want from a Neon Horse album. Mm. Music, I only give a 1.5. It just, I don't find this music as catchy as the first album. I, um, I don't know. Just, it doesn't hit me the same way. Mm. Overall, though, I do give it a 2.5. Like, this is a great, great album. Um, so total score is seven out of nine, which is actually one point less than I gave the debut album, but it's still really good. And I love this album. I don't remember what I gave the first one. I should probably start writing those down, but whatever. Um, musically, um, what did you say you gave it? You said two and a half? One and a half. One and a half. Oh gosh, one and a half. <sighs> Bless your heart, Sam. I give this uh, about two, two and a half musically. Lyrically, this is hard because it, they're really good. And <laughs> be your Chinggis, and all these just great descriptions of things. It's two and a half or three for me, man. It's, it's, I think it's three because as far as, as in the Jason Martin film, the lyrics usually are pretty cryptic and hard to understand. These are pretty easy to understand. Um, and then I think overall, like, you know, how it holds up over time. Like like we mentioned, there's at least three or four songs that could be singles today and played on the radio. So that's almost half the, the music from 2009. So I give it about two and a half. So I don't remember I gave the other one. I hear what you say about the weird, crazy weirdness being um, less than, but I, like you said, I think they were going for a more pop sound, and they nailed it. And so based off of that, I, you know, if that's what they're going for, they, they achieved the goal because they don't want to keep doing the same thing. Jason doesn't keep doing the same thing, and that's why we have Leave Here a Stranger and gold, gold from him, you know. He doesn't get locked in into the same sound. Um, so I think... God, I can't really get the first one, but hopefully I gave it less than six and a half stars because that's what I'm giving this one. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Guys, that, this has been our uh, crazy ride. Um, I hope they do. Mark Solomon, Jason Martin, if you guys are out there listening, I, I, Mark, you may listen. We need another Neon Horse album. Steve Dale, talk to your boy Jason. And I was talking before this, and like I think we need like a, a three-year rotation. So one year we get a Starfire album, the next year we get a Bon Voyage, the next one we get a Neon Horse, and throughout at some point, you know, you know, you help Jeff, you help Jeff out with the Pony Express, you know, sprinkling in some guitars or some input there, and you know, that's how we should go for the next. Basically, we want Jason to be like a one-man MCU. Just never stop making. Just continually. Just pump them out every year. You and your brother Mark and Ronnie get together. Y'all make this Mark mean the 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 MCU. I don't know. It could be the M- Martin Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, not cinematic. I guess it should be. What's the sound? Audio. Yeah, M A U. The Martin Audio Universe. Yeah. Let's let's keep cranking them out. Keep cranking them out. Don't stop till you get it. Nothing's never enough. <laughs> I mean, I just quit Michael Jackson. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, Jason's just gonna be like, you know, Johnny Cash on his deathbed, still cranking out songs. I hope so. I hope so. So, anyway, well, we we appreciate you guys listening. Um, let us know your thoughts. 
Um, let us know how I'm right and Sam's wrong, and we'll and we'll appreciate the feedback. Um, As always, guys, my name is Samuel. I'm Aaron. Thanks, guys. Bye. This has been a Brother Scheme Media production.